Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We have some interesting developments here. We're getting to speak with Howard Boville, who's a senior vice president and, and uh, in charge of the IBM Cloud. Howard says there's some interesting new developments involving the longstanding and very deep relationship between IBM and SAP. So we wanted to check in on that. Howard, welcome. Hi, Bob. Please see. Good to see you. So, uh, Howard, what's the latest here? There's so much going on these days, and it seems like as the different big tech companies like IBM uh, position themselves for growth and new opportunities, there's uh, some shifting natures of relationships. So eager to hear about this. Yeah, sure. So um, obviously, as you know, from our previous conversations, we're moving at a feral uh, rate and pace in terms of the capabilities that we're putting into the marketplace. But a large part of that as well is also the actual partnerships that we have. So casting kind of new light through old windows, we've got a very deep and well-tenured relationship with SAP. Um, primarily from the many migrations that we've done and projects that have been on-premise. Um, but as we've started to put together our capabilities for regulated industries, government, financial services, telco and health, and the very differentiated and unique capabilities that we have for those industries, um, there's a hybrid cloud context that we can work with SAP. Um, so we've done 6,500 projects. We've got 38,000 um, SAP practitioners, but we've actually got now the regulated cloud capabilities that allow customers to um, move forward with their projects with the assurity that they're working with um, IBM, um, a very trusted brand in terms of the ability to deal with complex transformations, but also the brand now that's understood to be the platform that you would move the more mission critical workloads and get the actual performance advantages that you would see. So Howard, those are some big numbers about the connections and the, the, the number of projects and the specialists you have there. That, uh... It sounds like that would be, uh, you've got more of those special capabilities than anybody else. That's correct, yeah. So we have been working with SAP for many, many years. Um, and there's other reasons for it beyond the actual technical specialists that we have. So mission critical workloads, mission critical applications such as SAP have to be highly available, highly performant and have the capacity when necessary. And IBM has essentially been in the cloud business for 50 years, um, which may seem strange given that the cloud business is fairly nascent. But the actual technical architectures of being able to scale out quickly um, and have that availability and that performance is essentially what the mainframe platform provides, the much beloved mainframe platform if you work in the industries where you need to use that kind of silicon. Um, and mission critical workloads like um, SAP run on our power platform at a very performant level. Um, and that's why IBM has been the chosen partner with enterprises to actually not only do the technology transformation from the specialist perspective, the 38,000 specialists that I talked about, but it's because we get those repeat um, uh, pieces of business because actually the platform works when the actual workloads land there. And that can always be said for um, other types of silicon that are used where actually the availability and the performance and the capacity haven't been thought through properly. What we will have with our hybrid offering is that you can get all of those benefits in an on-premise context, but you can also get them in a cloud uh, context, which again is unique to IBM because of our deep expertise. That isn't just for power, obviously, for mainframe, it's also in the x86 form factor. And that's a another final important point I'd like to make, which um, is an important point about the IBM cloud, which is um, two points. The first point is that we will meet customers where they are, so on-premise and off-premise. But the second point is, why are we moving at such a quick rate and pace? It's because if you think about where applications run, 
they will run on different types of, of silicon. And we have x86, we have power, we have Z, and we also have quantum. And that will become um, fully onboarded beyond research institutions onto our cloud at the end of this year. The next element of that actual stack is then the actual operating system. And we have a very good reputation, obviously, with Linux because of the capabilities that we have through the acquisition of Red Hat, also with Windows, but also with Linux, um, which is um, obviously a growing operating system um, for companies. Then we have the middleware capabilities that large enterprises have built their businesses on. And then we have the iPaaS capabilities with our cloud packs. So a fully integrated capability. Um, and as I've mentioned, in terms of the new cloud that we brought into the marketplace over the past two to three years, so kind of building upon non-legacy infrastructure that um, um, but building upon architectures that are relevant to the way the applications need to run in a cloud construct. Truly differentiated in that respect um, and a full combination of the full stack capabilities that increasingly we abstract away with our serverless offerings. Howard, do you have a sense of the uh, addressable market here as you, you described it for these regulated industries? And the addressable market for cloud is, is $1 trillion in the space that we operate within. And the actual market penetration from a cloud construct it ranges from somewhere to five to eight percent, so less than um, a single digit percentages. Um, and why is that? That's not because these companies have not been trying to move to the cloud, um, but they found that unless you actually understand their industry from a compliance, regulatory, cybersecurity, supply chain perspective, and then you have to build those capabilities yourself, which is the kind of chapter one of the current cloud service providers, that's a very costly and time-consuming um, endeavor. We've come with a very different approach. We built those controls into our cloud that you get from the outset. It's a standard that is increasingly being adopted by scores of financial institutions, but also those regulations apply to the other industries that I've talked about, government, telco, and health. Um, and it means then we can actually play into this marketplace um, to take those mission critical workloads. But one of the points I would make, which is, is again, very important, is um, we don't see ourselves as competing head-to-head -head against the other cloud service providers. We're a resource pool, as you would have different resource pools in your own data centers alongside the other cloud service providers. Um, it's just that you will put your mission-critical data sets, the ones that you require the highest level of confidential compute, the ones that you require the highest levels of availability, performance, and capacity with us. Other types of workloads you can put to the other providers. Okay, okay. And Howard, so then uh, with this relationship with SAP, is there there's something new here? Is it just a, an extension of what you've been doing or a, a new emphasis? Yeah, it's absolutely a new emphasis. So the relationship in the past was primarily on-premise. Um, there's been a well-documented um, partnership that um, SAP had with a cloud service provider. Um, obviously, there's, there's reasons as now as to why they're working with other cloud providers um, in addition to that original provider. Um, and that's allowed us to actually re-baseline um, re our relationship with um, SAP in a cloud context. And we're now one of their key partners within the RISE program, which is their initiative to move to S4 HANA. Um, the other offerings coming to end of life in 2025. Um, we've obviously had to go through a rigorous review in terms of the capabilities that we have to meet their demanding needs. Um, but obviously that's been helped by the fact that we thought about this industry, these industries that are um, our big consumers of this platform from SAP um, from a compliance perspective, but also from an architectural perspective that we can bring the different silica types that I mentioned. Okay. 
And uh, then, Howard, the other thing that so many people are talking about today, and you've, you've touched on it, but the, the security issues, uh, you know, are there, are there anything that, that sort of goes back in that long relationship you have with SAP that stands out, particularly in these regulated industries? I, I think the, the answer to the question is more broadly in terms of um, IBM has always operated at the highest level of security and controls in terms of the services that it provides to companies because for our long history. And therefore that's in the DNA of what we build. We build security and compliance in from the outset. Um, and that's why it's allowed us to accelerate the capabilities that we built into the platform that you get out of the box. Now, the case of cybersecurity is that threat vector never stops. So you always need to be thinking through different ways to actually protect through breadth and in depth. Um, and we have done that also architecturally in the capabilities that we've done with SAP but also how we thought about the digital supply chain that supports um, SAP as well. So if you're a supplier, an ISV or a SaaS provider that lands on the IBM cloud, you get the highest level of security compliance that's at the level for that industry. Um, so the standards that we set for financial services and so on. Um, so that means that we're actually thinking about the whole system design, not just our components, but the other providers, the other partner components as well. So Howard, it's, it's interesting, right? In some ways, you know, the, the cloud has become a new phenomenon. And for a while, some of the cloud native tech vendors were, you know, positioning themselves as they're the future. But here you have two companies, one about 115 years old, the other pushing 50. And you guys seem to be, you know, kicking into some uh, exciting new ground together. Absolutely. It's the experience that actually helps you accelerate um, at a much quicker, a quicker path. Um, so understanding where the actual pit, the, the, the holes in the road are is tremendously helpful in terms of ensuring that the innovation that you deliver is actually one that's controlled. You knew all these questions. You've got a question for me, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I just wanted to offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash agame. And I think with any kind of new technologies that come into the marketplace, cloud being one of them, you do go through the hype cycle where actually control sometimes is jettisoned in the short term, but ultimately is recognized needs to be added back in. So the hybrid cloud and AI strategy that we have at IBM is obviously built in the fact that we operate with IT with integrity. Um, the efforts that we have around responsible AI, all of the actual industry bodies that we've been very active within over many decades to drive standards. Um, we're very active in NIST as a security standard and a compliance standard and so on. Um, so it's actually in the DNA of our company. That isn't necessarily the case for companies that have grown at such a rate of knots and therefore their offerings don't have them built in from the outset as well. Now, what that does do, and sometimes it gets um, a little bit lost, is if you build the controls in at the beginning, you move more quickly than what you do if you add them on at the end. And you actually add more risk if you add them on at the end as well. Yeah, the, so that experience, as you said before, allows, allows you to accelerate. It is. So, so, so there's not a single large enterprise that's not been on a three or four year journey of cloud first and has moved single digit percentage points of their workloads there. And that's because they've had to bolt in the actual compliance controls, the cybersecurity controls, the data privacy controls at a later point and at their expense. 
the approach we take is you get it out of the box. So you can actually start your digital transformation immediately. And there's a lot of cases where we've taken two, three, four year projects down to two, three, four months. Um, so massively accelerating companies' ability to actually get the benefits of cloud as an enabler. Um, the other difference, of course, that we have is our strategy is the, the, des the strategic destination is in cloud or where the hammer and everything therefore looks like a nail. We, as I say, we meet customers where they are. And that's again, where we can actually accelerate their transformations. Yeah. And Howard, last thing I wanted to ask you about is I know that you were speaking here about regulated industries, but do you feel that this uh, heightened cloud uh, relationship with SAP will extend to other industries as well? Yeah. So the, what we found with this focus strategy that we have is it has a halo effect. So energy, uh, manufacturing, um, we have a lot of great relationships with uh, uh, the global automotive industry, um, but also manufacturing more generally, um, oil and gas, um, and also right down to the, the relationships we have with uh, Coca-Cola, um, with large distribution um, areas. Um, they may not be regulated, but they certainly care about the actual appropriate controls that they have in place to ensure that the quality they're offering that they provide to their customers is the highest standard. So it's one of these situations when, where you, you build a generally available product with the highest quality, that quality then becomes actually set as the standard for the rest of the, uh, the marketplace and therefore customers are coming to us as a consequence of that. Okay, great. Um, Howard, that covers it from my end. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Just thank you for your time, really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, same here.